You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we look at a major NFL story in the past few days, which could have some ramifications for the Texans in the playoffs. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. Also, can Bill O'Brien really win Coach of the Year? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. And Justin Reed's chances of his own postseason major award. Uh, We're going to talk about all of that. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, along with my co-host, Brian Patterson, from FansideHisHouseOfHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. Let's start off with some injury news. Jonathan Joseph had a stinger in Sunday's game. Looks like he should be fine for the Colts game this Sunday, according to reports. And I haven't seen anything new on Brendan Scarlett, who also was injured. But Aaron Wilson reported that it wasn't serious. Um, that was directly after the game. My guess is he'll be fine. They kept him out for precautionary reasons. With the blowout, Dylan Cole back at middle linebacker so they could use him in, in that spot. Brian, a couple of fans chimed in after yesterday's show. We couldn't come up with that rookie quarterback who beat an O'Brien and Romeo Cornell coached Texans team. There was only one of them in history that's ever done it. Thomas Well and J.D. brought up Jacoby Brissett, and that sounds about right. Sure does. And, you know, that memory from it was 27 to zero back in 2016. That was early in that season. And um, I just didn't expect for that game to go that way. But it goes to show that if you stick to the game plan, that's what happens. And he, he was able to give himself a W and another spot on another team. So uh, way to go, Jacoby. And uh, let's hope that record stays at one. No, not not way to go, Jacoby. I'm a Texans fan. It's not, not way to go, Jacoby. Forget, forget <laughs> that crap. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, it's a typical Belichick uh, deal. It had to be Belichick that would have coached a rookie to to beat the Texans. Uh, the Colts were shut out, by the way, Brian, against the Jags six to nothing on Sunday. We were so excited about the Texans. We forgot to mention this in the post game show. The Texans now have a three game lead and can wrap up the AFC South this Sunday already. They can pretty much wrap up the AFC South. Isn't that incredible? Can't remember the last time that's happened. Remarkable. The big story this weekend was the release of Kareem Hunt after TMZ found the surveillance video of him shoving and assaulting a woman at a Cleveland hotel. I'm sure everybody saw that. That was followed up by a story of the NFL now investigating an allegation that Hunt punched a man in the face while visiting an Ohio resort in June. As everybody knows now, Hunt was released by the Chiefs. Uh, And Brian, we need to get into what this means for the Texans. But first... I'm not sure what's left to say about the negligence of the NFL and the Chiefs. Apparently, nobody looked at this video or cared about what happened. It sounds like nobody has learned anything from anything over the last few years when it comes to assaulting women. I I, I don't know what 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 the, what's going on with the NFL with this stuff. Winning it, winning at all costs. That's what it is. And you have one of the most talented running backs in the game. And, you know, before you make the decision to cut him, you know, you want to ask him. And he lied. He, he he lied to the Chiefs, and they had no choice but to cut him. I mean, at least they said that they were thankful for all what he did, but they had to make that decision. Um, you know, in, in regard to, you know, him being picked up by another team, it's going to happen. 
It won't be the Houston Texans, though. In fact, you know, the fact that he lied uh, to the Chiefs, you know, I don't want a guy like that on my team. And I think we're doing pretty fine without having a guy like that on our team anyway. But, uh, you know, hitting a woman is inexcusable. I mean, this is just a history of, of assault. And what do you expect when you're a running back and you're you're running into guys at breakneck speed, you know, 30, 35 times a game, you're going to have that aggression in you. And uh, I re- hold, hold on with that just a second. Uh, yeah, no, there are a lot of guys that hit play- players on other teams. There's a lot of NFL. Get, look, 99% of the league, may, probably, I'm sure they manage not to hit their girlfriends or other people. Or I mean, how, you, you keep it to the football field. None of the Texans have done anything like this as far as we know. I mean, yeah, and and by the way, lying is not the thing that uh, I'm worried about him coming to the Texans. No, he's going to lie to us. No, I'm worried about what he might do to uh, somebody. And, and it's, just, it's not acceptable behavior. It's, you know, we always talk about this, or at least I do. I just, it's, not, it's not something that I want to root for. I, I, I don't we, – we're not going to say anything different than anybody else on this, but, but I do want to mention this because there, there is some stuff off the field. You know, by the way, meanwhile, Tariq Hill – you know, if, if you don't know that story, you know, he's hit his pregnant girlfriend a couple of years ago. He's still on the Chiefs. But let, let's get to, you know, how the loss of Kareem affects the Texans. And Brian, they've lost an important part of their offense. It's not like they still don't have Mahomes throwing to Kelsey and Tyreek. But Kareem kept the defense in check more than I'd say Spencer Ware or Damian Williams will. The Texans may never get to a Chiefs playoff game. They might not get to that point in this playoffs, but with all due respect to the Steelers and Chargers, I don't know about you, Brian, outside of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, is there anybody you're more scared of in the AFC? There's nobody I'm more scared of than, than those two teams, really. You know, the Patriots, you know, they always find a way to win, but I think this year, this is a year that they're vulnerable, that we, that the, the Texas could get them uh, where it hurts the most. And, you know, when it's playoff time, they're going to be, you, you know how they are, especially, you know, the, the goal is to to try to get the game here if they do play the Patriots. But I think we could we could punch them in the mouth and uh, draw some blood. Yeah, I don't want to talk about punching in the mouth. This, this point. <laughs> I, I would, I'm going to move away from that whole thing. But yeah, just to, to to give you an idea, in 36 rushing attempts this season, Spencer Ware averaging 4.8 yards per carry, which, by the way, uh, that's, you know, uh, that's a little bit more than Kareem Hunt was averaging per carry, but we'll see if Spencer Wilk Ware can handle that kind of workload that Kareem Hunt w- was having. And, and, and in 2016, uh, Spencer Ware had 214 carries. His average per carry wasn't as high. It's 4.3 yards per carry, but maybe the offensive line's bigger with the Chiefs. I don't know. I, I, I just... To to me, that's something. Let's just put that thought in the back of your mind that you know Kareem Hunt. Without him, the Chiefs' offense. I, I don't think it's as explosive. It's not as scary as it was. And really, I mean, they were the scariest team for most teams in the playoffs because uh, it, they're almost impossible to stop with all the weapons that they, they have. But now without Kareem Hunt, I, I think that makes them a little bit vulnerable. We we got tons to talk about. In just a few minutes, we'll look at this crazy idea of Bill O'Brien as an NFL coach of the year candidate. But right now I'd like to give a quick shout out to a couple listeners. We got some kind words from Ben Russell who listens in Melbourne, Australia and Larry Schooler 
in South Florida. Thanks for the correspondence, guys. And if you've got questions or comments, send them to LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. You know where to go for that. Uh, time to talk about our partners with Action Heat. They make the world's best battery-heated clothing. Uh, Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat with heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temps of up to 135 degrees and are powered by a rechargeable 5-volt lithium ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours on each charge. You can also use Action Heat batteries to recharge your phone while you're wearing them. They're perfect for anybody on your holiday gift list and for anyone who works outdoors, uh, skiers and snowboarders. If you're making that trip to Colorado, some of you might be doing that this December. Uh, Action Heat's the the way to go. Um, Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including they've got heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. They're available for men and women with great new styles, models uh, just released for this winter season. Um, you can make winter activities just a lot more enjoyable. Uh, you know, you know, I go out, I'm out in the cold with uh, high school football. You know, it's high school football season. So they're the perfect solution, even in the most frigid winter weather, and they fit everybody's budget starting at $39.99. Plus, we got a special deal for our listeners to save 25, 20%, I should say, off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on. Uh, again, that's Action Heat slash Locked On to check out all that they've got to offer. And you get 20% off at checkout if you just use the promo code Locked On. So stay to- toasty and warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. Well, if you've been in a coma for the last couple of months, throw out some water on your face because you ain't going to believe this craziness. Uh, Bill O'Brien has coached a team to nine straight wins after that 0-3 start, and people are throwing out coach of the year and OB in the same sentence. Brian, I looked at an SI piece on this topic last week, and OB was in their top tier of candidates with Andy Reid, the Bears, Matt Nagy, and the Saints, Sean Payton. Uh, I'm going to let you do this. Do you want to be Bill O'Brien's advocate? Make his case for me. Why, why is Bill O'Brien coach of the year right now? Well, you, you're a team that has you know eclipsed the 1925 New York Giants coming from an 0-3 start. And now they're in rare air, rarefied air, you know, winning nine games in a row. How long is this going to continue? Uh, Things are clicking now for for Bill O'Brien. You know, we criticize him in regard to some of the decisions he makes with his management, but he, he has seemed to overcome that I, I, from from what we've looked at at games. So, you know, this win streak, just these guys coming out ready to play every game, just prepared, ready to go. He's not saying that anymore. Remember early in the season, you know, he said, I should have had the guys prepared for for games but this is it looks like he is in the driver's seat he is piloting this team as the way he should be and i think he's a very great coach i think he could be even a better coach if he hires an offensive coordinator um he should definitely be in the conversation but i honestly don't think that he will win it i i think and, and a lot of people aren't talking about anthony lynn anthony lynn has done a terrific job with the Chargers this year did you expect the Chargers to be in the conversation at all being tops in the AFC, and where there they are with an incredible comeback win you know, over the Pittsburgh Steelers last night. So, you know, the guys that you mentioned are, are certainly um, going to always be in the conversation. Sean Payton, Andy Reid, but bring Anthony Lynn in there because I, I think that he is just as much of a case as the other guys. 
All right, I'm going to go through the, those three main guys that I mentioned right there off the top. You know, starting with Anthony Reid, who's taken a second-year quarterback who played one game last year and turned him into the highest, and turned him and the offense into the highest scoring offense in the NFL. The record's ten and two now. He's already won Coach of the Year back in 2002. So, you know, that's one thing that's probably working against him. Voters usually prefer new blood, and he already had. Uh, you know, some top, you know, line or uh, top line offensive weapons too. So those, those are the two things I think working against them is that, you know, they like new blood and, and that, but also you got the Bears head coach, Matt Nagy. Uh, he's also had a second year quarterback like Bill O'Brien and Andy Reid. So some similarities there, all three of these guys, the Bears have given up the second fewest points in the NFL. Uh, so that's positive for Matt Nagy. They've gone from five and eleven last year to eight and four this year. Uh, they're first place in the NFC North. But okay, here's the negative: defense is where they've made their mark, and maybe the GM Ryan Pace deserves Executive of the Year for the Khalil Mack deal. So that's the Nagy case for and against. Then there's Saints head coach Sean Payton. Eh, he, he's done all right. He's pulled an MVP in a career year out of a 39 year old quarterback. The problem is the quarterback's Drew Brees, and, and he was all right to begin with. Uh, I'm going to stop with his case right there because damn good coach, but Drew Brees MVP year, sort of. I think that shuts him down, at least for me. Peyton, like Andy Reid, also won a coach of the year uh, previously. His was in 2006. So those three guys, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, Nagy is probably of those three just because he's got – Trubisky at quarterback, and there's some similarities there. Brian, let me go through the sec- their second tier, and you mentioned Anthony Lynn. There's also Frank Reich, uh, the Seahawks, uh, Pete Carroll, and-, and I might actually jump towards Reich and Carroll over Anthony Lynn, the guy that you mentioned. The Colts were four and twelve last year, so that's that's a positive. They, they they're, they're working on a big turnaround. Reich's had to navigate the Andrew Luck comeback. Um, although of course everything works better when you have a guy like Andrew Luck. So that's sort of, uh, one that, you know, he got the benefit of now Pete Carroll Seahawks, they're seven and five. They've had the fifth toughest schedule in the NFL. I think he's quietly doing his best coaching job. He'd be in my top three, but my number one is really an upset pick. Brian, what about Jason Garrett? How about him? He's He's kind of like under the radar now, starting to to pick up some steam as coach of the year candidate. I need to see more from Jason in order to get him in the conversation because, you know, kind of like with Bill O'Brien, you know, <laughs> you, you just wonder, you know, is this a fluke? Is this just, you know, the 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 fortunate the fortune of having good luck in these games? But they've had some impressive wins as of late. So, uh, you know, I if Jason Garrett is in that conversation. That that's perfectly fine later down the line, but not now. I, I need to see more in order to to place his name there. Oh, of course. I think he's going to have to finish off the year by winning the NFC East, and you know, yeah. if he if he gets three out of his last five uh, here, or I, what is it? No, three of his last four. If he gets three of his last four, and he's you know, if he's ten and six, or I don't know, maybe even nine and se- maybe nine and seven, but. Let's let's remember that they've got the third youngest team in the NFL. Dak Prescott, not in the, you know, he's not in the category of those other quarterbacks that we've mentioned that these other teams have. Whether you know it's Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck or, 
you know, Patrick Mahomes. He's he's just not in that category. I don't know if he's a good quarterback, really. Um, and to me, I'd say Garrett might be my pick unless, and this is a big unless, Bill O'Brien runs the table from here. I mean, you can't deny him at that point. With a 12-4 and record uh, after an 0-3 start, Brian, it's like all of a sudden it's like, wait a second. Yeah, we, we kind of have to give it to Bill O'Brien at that point, right? Right, right. And they'll be right on to my prediction uh, for the Texas in the preseason. I projected 12 and four, and I damn certainly hope that we get there and Bill O'Brien gets coach of the year. Uh, you know, we, there, there could be other honors, you know, behind that. But, uh, you know, good for Bill. And you know what that's going to happen? You know what's you know going to happen after he gets that award, if he gets it? You know, the situation is he's going to get really cocky. He's not going to want to talk to anybody at the press conference. They're going to be short. Yeah, he's going to get worse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You've dealt with him. You've dealt with him directly, so you you know how he is. So now i got to root against him for Coach of the Year. Well, uh, yeah, (laughs) I I don't know. Uh, You know, one thing uh, that uh, we we discussed a little bit in the postgame show, can can Justin Reed put himself – in the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year conversation. We'll look into that uh, and who's up for that award in just a few moments. But I got to tell you to make sure and follow Locked On NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. Again, it's Locked On NFL Net, like network. You get all the local experts in our Locked On NFL Network on one feed. On Twitter, it's perfect for when all the games are going on simultaneously on Sundays or when news is breaking. I mean, it's the perfect thing to just keep up with everything that's going on in the NFL with our guys, our band of experts that we put together. And on Instagram, if you go to that same Locked On NFL Net, you get perfect bite-sized audio from the different shows that we've got, just kind of what, what everybody's talking about. So make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, Brian. Is there any validity to Justin Reed as NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year? We threw it out there in the postgame show yesterday, and I know you've you've looked at the candidates a little bit. So what have you discovered? Yes, absolutely. And I think that Justin Reed should be in the conversation, but he won't win the award. There's a guy up in Indianapolis by the name of Darius Leonard, outside linebacker, six sacks, 83 tackles, second in tackles, 40 run stops, that's third, four forced fumbles, an interception, two fumble recoveries. The list goes on and on and on about his abilities. And he's got an 84.9 overall grade with pro football focus. And his his uh, tackling, his pass rush grades are all uh, up in the 80s. So it this guy really deserves it if he continues this particular track. Uh, Leighton Vanderesh, a guy that the Cowboys, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys fan base was because <laughs> they needed a wide receiver and they went on and drafted a linebacker and they went on and got Leighton Vanderesh and he has been really good for him. I mean, he leads the league of tackles or leads rookies in tackles. I'm sorry. 85 tackles. He's first in run stops with 42. Um, he is the second most targeted defensive player among the rookies with 64 and his grades are pretty much good all across the board in the 80s except for his pass rush that's the problem with Layton that he doesn't create much of a pass rush but I think that will come over with time and uh, I, I think Layton has made a case for himself as well looking at Bradley Chubb Chubb's, Chubb gets himself in the conversation because he has 10 sacks 
I mean, that's for a rookie, that's very impressive. But it runs stops. He's only got 24. He's only got one forced fumble. But he does bring a lot of pressure to the quarterback. 27 quarterback hurries and 40 quarterback pressures. So in terms of a guy that makes impact just on the quarterback itself, if there was a award for that, Bradley Chubb should win it. But I don't think that Chubb just has the numbers to to win that award. I mean, Darius just has the overall uh, persona to win it. But looking at Reed, you know, he's second in interceptions um, among rookies right there with Denzel Ward and Jesse Bates. Um, he still has the 101-yard uh, eventual touchdown interception run, which, you know, for that broke many, many records uh, over many years. Yeah, but his uh, his grades, his best grade is his tackling. It's a 90.8 with pro football focus, but a lot of his other grades are in the, the low 70s to high 60s. So um, overall, he has had a great season with the Texas with what he's been able to do for us. But I, I can't put my name on him being the dis- defensive rookie uh, rookie of the year in terms of his level of play. Yeah, the one thing about Leighton Vander Esch is that the fact that, you know, he, he's been such a key guy with Sean Lee out. And, and you know, it, it just seems like from everything that I've heard from Cowboys people, it's almost like he's been sort of almost the MVP of that team. I mean, just the way he's been able to been able to hold that defense together. So I think he's definitely in the conversation, and 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 there might be a difference between him and the guy with the Colts is just <clears throat> if they win the division, you know, if the Cowboys win the division and the Colts falter uh, towards the end of the year, which which is you know it's they're they're at five hundred right now. They face the Texans. If the Texans win, they're six and seven. So you know that that could play a factor into it. But yeah, you look at the numbers. And Justin Reed's going up against it. I think the the thing that Justin Reed has done that's been so impressive is is to do it for for somebody that really I, I, well, he wouldn't even starting at the beginning of the year, right, Brian? Nope. Because it was uh, it was uh, Kareem Jackson was mm-hmm. starting at safety at that point. So I mean, and Justin Reed's also doing this from a third round pick. These other guys were were all these other guys first round picks. Bradley Chubb was, Leighton Vanderesh was. I, I forget about Darius Leonard. I, I do have to go look him back up. Yeah, I think I think he was too. And, and then also, you even mentioned uh, Denzel Ward, who was a, a you know the fourth pick in the draft. So right, I right. Mean, if, if you look at the other candidates and compare to Justin Reed for value, you know that's just it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary what he's been doing, and it, it, you can tell it's like we're seeing him show you a little bit something different from week to week, but. You know, there, there's two games that he made momentum saving or momentum changing plays. You know, the, the Redskins game with that interception or not. What was it? The Redskins game with the interception? That yeah, was Redskins, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and then and then of course uh, this Browns game with that that fumble because if if the Browns get that touchdown, you know, it, it was going to be a big deficit they were going to have to come back from. But I mean that that was huge because it, it seemed like the Browns were starting to gain some momentum at that point. And then Justin Reed has that strip fumble at the one-yard line. It could have been, you know, this massive uh, play for the Browns and got their confidence up. So, yeah, Justin Reed, I mean, we can't say enough about what what he's been able to do. And, you know, he's somebody that doesn't look like it's a flash in the pan. I mean, he's he's got his head on right. I mean, this is somebody that I think the Texans, uh, for years to come, Brian, at least just like, it looks like they got somebody that not only is going to be good for years to come, but, you know, he's a rookie, so he's going to be cheap. That's what happens when you get cheap guys 
to, to that can perform in that second and third round, you get them for cheap for the first four years and they're, that they're in the NFL, four or five years, and, and all of a sudden, boom, you've got uh, the ability to go out and get somebody at a at free agency in free agency that you might not have gotten before. And cheap in terms of how much you're paying them, but value is just limitless uh, with what he's able to give us yeah, for this season for you know the Houston Texas, of course. And, and looking back, uh, Darius is actually – he was a second rounder. So this is even more impressive. If he continues this, I, I think he has a great chance of uh, being able to win defensive rookie of the year. But uh, just you know, going, going off of that, you know, Justin Reed – yeah, like like you said, it's just going to be great for 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 years to come. Um, still making mistakes. I mean, he's human, but um, when can I can't think of the last time a safety coming right off the bat made such an impact for the Houston Texans? We have to look back at that. Uh, never try never. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, it, 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 it's not. It hasn't happened. There's there's nobody that. Has even come close that they've drafted it at safety. It's it's pretty pathetic. Yeah. I mean, we, we we'll have to go over that at some point in the off season again, just to remind you, just like what the Texans have drafted at safety over the years, because you know it, it's not good. You know, Swearinger got his career turned around after a couple of stops. I, I think people, you know, they they were saying, well, you know, the Texans should have, uh, they should have, you know, that's Bill O'Brien's fault for letting him go. No, 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 no. He was terrible and he was, you know, not only bad, but he was also a bad character and of bad character. Yeah. So it, it was all of the above. So, yeah, they didn't make a mistake in DJ swearing a jury. It's just they made the mistake they made was drafting a guy and, and hoping that uh, somebody with his immaturity was going to be able to mature quickly and going to be able to help you quickly. I mean, a second round pick. I don't, know if he, I don't even know if he is a second round, you know, second round picked by anybody else in the NFL. But, um, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk a little Col- – man, that, that Colts game, it, it's going to come on, on us pretty quick, and, and we're going to preview that game in tomorrow's show. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Our friend Matt Danley, who always done a fit, fantastic job giving us the insider perspective from a Colts, the Colts standpoint. Uh, check that out in tomorrow's show. Uh, you can – Get more of our content on LockedOnTexans.com with Nathan and Joe and Andy and Brandon and Calvin, our whole team there. Uh, don't forget, Brian's got everything covered in all of Houston sports, Astros and Rockets, as well on HouseOfHouston.com, a fan site affiliate. And uh, if you want to hear my takes on the Rockets and the Astros and all sorts of other stuff, even Longhorns. We talk about the Longhorns Big 12 Championship with uh, my Longhorns insider, Bob Ballou, with CBS Sports in Austin. Uh, So you're going to want to listen to that. That was on Monday's podcast. But um, we're going to be right back at you again. We're going to do this five days a week uh, this week. So uh, you're going to want to stay tuned. We're going to have a guest later on in the week. Stay tuned for that. That's all we got for this one, though. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah. <laughs>